Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. Well, welcome to every single person watching online. Welcome to Church Alive, our online experience. My name is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of this great church. It is an absolute honor to come into your home today, wherever you are, if you're sitting with family or a friend here or there, or just by yourself or watching this later on your phone or a podcast. Man, just, just honored to be able to come into your life and speak um, encouragement and speak God's Word into your life in this uh, difficult time for so, so many of us. I, I just want to let you know that we're praying for you. We're praying across our church. You could join us online at any moment um, in the mornings at 7.14. We're all praying and believing that the COVID-19 crisis is going to end quickly. Uh, my heart goes out to anyone who has a sick right now or even lost someone. There was a number of different people that we know personally that lost someone this week. And so our hearts go out to you. And this is why it's so vital that we're not just a token kind of praying people. We are a praying and believing. It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to believe. So I want you to believe with me right now that this service will impact lives, that all across this land, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people, that's the response of the person who is a Christian, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and says and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then I will hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. And so, Father, I just pray right now for every person watching, I pray and I, as we unite together in prayer right now, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would touch people and strengthen people. I pray you would heal people and I pray you would heal the lands, but more importantly, you'd even heal the hearts of men. The, the, the hearts of men would be strengthened. The hearts of women and families, young people would be strengthened. Oh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would breathe across this place right now in the mighty name of Jesus and a faith-filled group of people. Why don't you shout amen or why don't you chat amen in the... Uh, I hope you jump online to our YouTube experience where it can actually be live or maybe on your phone as you're watching from your TV. You can amen something that is good. You can interact uh, with me. I'd love to know where you're watching from, what city or what uh, county or what town or even what state or what nation you're watching from as we um, have this experience together. But I want to preach to you and talk to you along this thought today, awaken to the light. If you've got your Bible, uh, grab it. If not, there'll be some, uh, some scripture on the screen right in front of you. But last week, we began a series called Awaken. And it began to unpack this thought that God in this time, in this COVID-19 time, in this season, that God has actually awoken us literally to the fragility to the uncertainty of life, but God wants to, desires to awaken us to the goodness 
of God, of the purpose and the plan of God for your life. I believe that with all of my heart. And if there is a weekend, if there's a time when really you can see that God turns bad situations into amazing situations, I would have to say it is the resurrection weekend. It is Good Friday when all seem lost, but it is resurrection Sunday when Jesus had his eyes awoken and his, his essence of his ministry, the essence of his preaching and teaching and who he claimed to be was he would awaken people to the reality of who he was. I want to read a famous passage of scripture that is more of a kind of a Christmas kind of text, but I believe it has absolutely um, critical information, encouragement, and teaching to give us today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 says this. Nevertheless, it says, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, He humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, but in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Someone say amen to that. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. And this is the text that is more known. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And I want you to watch this now. It says, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting father, and then the prince of peace. And it goes on to say of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. You know, last week I shared a story of how sometimes when you were younger, when you were a teenager especially, it seems like you're graced or anointed to go to bed late and wake up late when you're a teenager. And I remember when I was a teenager and my brother was a teenager, there were so many different times when my mom was just, she was done with it. She was sick of it. Like you are getting up, you're going to help with the house, you're going to help clean. And that's the last thing a teenager wants to hear. So one day my mother shows up into my room. We had a bunk bed and she literally threw a bucket of water on my brother. Obviously he awoke pretty quickly. Well, most of the times, obviously, it wasn't that extreme. It would be more like they would come into our room, our parents, and they would kind of say, wakey, wakey, and they would pull back the curtains, and all of a sudden, the light would come in. If you're pretty tired, you'd be like, oh, no, I don't want to see. And it would take you a while, but you would eventually awaken to the light. And that is what is happening in this text of Scripture. Isaiah, if you don't know anything about Isaiah, Isaiah is a major prophet of the Old Testament. It is written about 700 years before Christ. Some theologians call him the eagle eye prophet. He saw further and he saw clearer basically than any other prophet in all of the Bible. His prophecies are unique if you read Isaiah chapter 53, speaking of really good Friday, it is incredible, 700 years before Christ is born, and even hundreds of years before crucifixion itself is even invented, he talks of a time when the Messiah would literally be nailed hands and feet for the transgressions and sins of the world, that others would mock him, and, and uh, it, it really just goes through in detail how what would happen to the Messiah. Isaiah, as 
a prophet was an eagle eye. He would see not a week ahead, not a month ahead. He would see hundreds and hundreds of years ahead. It is an incredible book, and I also want to unpack this thought for you for a second, that it is unique in this, in that there are 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah. There are 66 books in the entire Bible. The first 39 chapters of the book of Isaiah are basically judgment. The children of Israel wandered from God, and so there is a judgment coming to them. But the next 27 chapters are really about mercy and grace and the Messiah coming. Notice this with the Bible. The Old Testament is 39 books, really of a lot of times of judgment, and 27 is, is the number of the New Testament, or the number of books in the New Testament, or letters in the New Testament, and there are 27 books in the New Testament. Some have called the book of Isaiah a mini Bible. But what I want to say to you today is this, is that the people were walking, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 9, they were walking in darkness. They were walking, it means they were not seeing what they were meant to see. And I want to tell you today that God Himself is sending you and I, sometimes through the crisis. God did not cause the crisis. He is not the crisis instigator. He's actually the healer. But He will teach us through hard times. He often does His best work in the valley. The book of James actually says that God in trials will teach you some great things. He will teach you. I guarantee there's people within the sound of my voice right now, and I'd love you to put this in the chat. What are some lessons that you have learnt through the trial? You'll learn perseverance, the day-to-day. Man, we need to get through it day-to-day through the trial. You might have learnt that uh, life is fragile through the trial, but you might have also learned that people matter through the trial. And I hope you're learning that people matter. Uh, I, I, I think you've probably learned some financial lessons. And I believe even the world and America and families will have learned very important financial lessons during this crisis. Either they'd saved and they were wise or perhaps they were spending all their money and they weren't. And we will learn some lessons that will actually help us for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years if we will actually listen to them. But I want to tell you today that God is sending, I believe, through the the challenge through the trial, but through His Word, God is sending the light of heaven. He is awakening us to His knowledge. He is awakening us to His wisdom. He is awakening us to His grace and His goodness in our lives. As I was spending time this week with God, I, I, I stumbled across a passage of Scripture that I wasn't intended on reading, and it was Luke chapter 24, and it stood out so uniquely to me, Luke chapter 24, verse 44 said this, he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. He said, everything must be fulfilled. Jesus has risen from the dead. This is kind of resurrection uh, Sunday or after the resurrection Sunday. He says, it must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Watch verse 45, this is so important. He says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. I'm going to grab our camera guy. He's the intern for our church right now, the amazing Nick. Come up on stage, Nick. 
Everyone, welcome Nick. If you're online, if you're chatting, welcome Nick. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I want you to see that the disciples followed Jesus. Oh, you might need to take that hat off, Nick. Come on. You want to see that the disciples were following Jesus, and they believed that he would be a Messiah figure like King David. When David comes down to the battlefield of Goliath, he obviously slays Goliath, a nation versus nation, and then they're then free. So they are thinking that Jesus is going to be that messianic figure, that he's going to be the king, and they're going to rule the tribes. So because of their thinking, their current thinking, their current maybe even teaching as a childhood, they couldn't see what was to happen to Jesus, number one, on the cross, but what was to even happen after the resurrection. They had a mindset or a philosophy that needed to be awoken. And watch this now. It was like they were following Jesus, but they could not quite see. Like they could partially see. They were, it was almost like they were seeing with one eye. And Jesus, the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, verse 45, he says, And he awoken them, or he opened their minds, so that all of a sudden they could understand the Scriptures. And so all of a sudden, Nick can see, right? Because he doesn't have a veil or a preconceived idea. Thank you, Nick. Give Nick a quick hand on our Insta chat and so forth. But I want you to see that if the disciples who followed Jesus for three and a half years, physically, they were there in every miracle, every demon cast out, every healing miracle, the healing of the blind, the healing of the lame, the, the feeding of 5,000, the feeding of 20,000, the, the, the times when the Pharisees came to him and literally tried to confuse him and he answered them so well every single time, like they followed him. Then he dies in front of them. He literally is, is beaten and, and defeated. It looked like naked in front of them. Then he rises from the dead. And then the Bible says, he opened their eyes so that they could understand the scriptures. I want you to put this in the chat. I want you to write this in a journal, Holy Spirit. Open my eyes so that I might understand the Scriptures. Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might understand God's work in my life. Because that's the reason why sometimes you can sit in church. You can be in church for years and years. And it's as if there's a veil over your eyes. It's as if we're like Nick. We're kind of following. We see a little bit with one eye. But all of a sudden, it's like one day. God opens our eyes, and I believe that this time will be an opening of eyes for those who follow Christ and those who aren't sure about it, checking out, thinking about it, not even thinking about it, but there will be an opening of your eyes. It will literally be like parents opening the curtain so that the light of heaven can come into your life, and I pray across our church. I pray across New Jersey. I pray across America. I pray across the world. There would be an awakening of eyes opening so we can understand God's work in our life, God's purpose for our lives, God's blessings in our life, and who God is and how vital and, and what an absolute honor it is to have a relationship with God. You know, many years ago, I walked into a church I was just out of high school, really, and we'd been attending one church for about three years, and it felt fairly ritualistic, to be honest. It felt 
fairly kind of dry, didn't really connect to it a whole lot, even though it was a pretty good church. And I walked into a different church. And when I walked into that church, just even for three weeks, it was as if my eyes began to open and I began to not physically see, but it was like I began to see that the spirit of the living God was working. And Isaiah chapter nine says, there is a light coming. And listen, that was speaking of a time when Jesus would come. But I want you to know that God's word has an eternal echo. It is always relevant to our situation right now. And I believe that God is sending His light to people. I believe that God is sending hope to people. I believe that God is sending His comfort to people, His peace to people. I believe that God is going to give many of you wisdom out of this season that you didn't have before. And it will be an awakening to the light of God's purpose and the light of God's wisdom in your life. I want to dive into four of the phrases that Isaiah says about God that is so applicable to us in this time right here and right now. I want to say this, that one of the incredible values in knowing the names of God is that the names of God speak of the essence and the nature of God. Listen to it again. The names of God speak to the incredible essence and the nature of God. The names of God reveal how God, He actually behaves. The names of God reveal they are always covenantal because God never acts outside of His nature. He is not a man that He can lie. And Isaiah the prophet reveals that Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, would have four distinct names. Now, these are not the only names of God, but he unpacks four of them. He says of Jesus that he would be, first of all, he says he will be the wonderful counselor. I don't know about you. I don't know about that you maybe need some counseling in your life right now. You might need some counsel. And I'm not talking professional counsel. I'm just talking counsel in your mind counsel in your heart of how to stay positive during this time. Some of you might need some counsel right now. Man, how do I navigate my children right now? Some of you might need some counsel. How do I navigate this marriage right now? How do I navigate relationships? How do I navigate finances right now? How do I navigate my relationship with God when, when I'm disappointed and, and I, I feel like maybe God didn't answer my prayer? The Bible says He is the wonderful counselor. And if you're not a Christian, if you're not sure about God, checking out, grew up Catholic or Christian, but fairly disconnected from faith and God, you could ask any Christian, if you ask them this, has the Bible been a wonderful counselor to you? Has it given you wisdom in your life? I can't think of a person that doesn't say yes. The Bible has counseled me. The Bible has made me wiser. And so God in His Word has given us a wonderful counselor. One of the names that Jesus literally gave the Holy Spirit was the counselor. He literally said the counselor, when the counselor comes, he will guide you into all truth. And I believe I can't think of another time in life when you and I need the wonderful counsel of God. He, uh, he unpacks three other names of God. He says he is the wonderful counselor. He says he is the mighty God. Maybe because of 
your tradition or just thinking or maybe it hasn't worked out for you. Sometimes I feel like people approach prayer like this. They approach prayer like kind of lottery. Like you kind of buy a ticket, you go into the gas station, you pay two bucks or four dollars or however much it is. I don't even know because I don't play it. And um, you buy a lottery ticket and maybe you get lucky. I want to move you away from that type of thinking when it comes to God. We need God to be mighty in our life, but the Bible will teach us it is faith that moves His hand. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For those that come to God, they must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Man, we need people who are going to diligently seek after God. And if God doesn't answer certain prayers, you seek after God even harder. Maybe it's faith that you lack, or maybe it's just not the timing, or maybe it's not the season. But understand that God wants to move on your behalf in a mighty, mighty way. He, he refers to Him as everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. If, if, if you didn't have a father, He is a father to the fatherless. If, if your father wasn't maybe as encouraging as, or, or there for you as much as you needed, the Bible says He is the everlasting Father. Man, I want to commend you if you're a good dad, if you're a great dad, if you're a great Father, I want to commend you because you make it easier for people to actually put their trust in God because God is a Father and when fathers are neglectful, when fathers are dysfunctional, they often have a hard time with the picture or the word Father. But can I encourage you, if you're a great dad or a good dad, let me encourage you with this. As you lean on God, as you let God be a wonderful counselor, be a mighty God in your life, you'll even be a better father. But even when our own fathers aren't there for us anymore. The Bible says He is an everlasting Father. He is the Alpha. He's at the start. He's at the finish. He will never, never not be there for us. Isaiah opens the curtain so that the light of heaven shines into our lives, that Jesus will be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And then finally, He, he, he unveils the curtain just one more time. He opens the light. And I pray that this will be an unveiling, an awakening for you, that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You don't just need peace with God. You and I need the peace of God. If there's a time where we need the peace of God and the peace with God, it's now. What's the peace of, with God? The peace with God is that you know you've been saved, forgiven, justified in His sight. The book of Romans Chapter 5 says, now that you've been justified, it is literally a legal term to say declared righteous, declared a son, declared a daughter of the Most High God through His grace. And it says we stand in this grace. That's your relationship with God. You have peace of God or peace with God. But, you know, we also need the peace of God. The peace of God is that thing that surpasses sometimes understanding. It's when you're going through a storm. It's, it's, it's the boat is in the middle of the storm, but Jesus walks on the boat. He says, peace, be still. And all of a sudden, what was turbulent on the outside all of a sudden becomes calm. But I would say right now, so often we need Jesus to speak peace. What's turbulent on the inside, the fears and the worries and the anxiousness and maybe the disappointments and discouragements and maybe times that there's been crying and there's been weeping, but let, let the peace of God 
Let the Prince of Peace speak peace into your mind and into your soul right now. The book of Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 gives this promise for everyone who lean upon the Prince of Peace. He says, you will keep in perfect peace and constant peace. The one whose mind, watch this now, is steadfast. That is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character because he trusts and he takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Trust confidently in the Lord forever for he is your fortress, your shield, your banner for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He is the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God in your life. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. And I pray that it'll be an awakening on the goodness of God. I promise you, if you're a Christian, you know the goodness of God. But I feel like there's so many people that the reason they're not a Christian is they just don't. It's, it's like there's this curtain over their eyes and they don't see His goodness. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will just open your eyes and all of a sudden you're like, wait, He, he is good. Yes, the world can be tough. Yes, the world can be bad. Yes, there is a, a real enemy that fights against our soul. If the Garden of Eden taught us anything, even in perfection, even in the perfect place, the enemy comes in to lie about the nature and the character of God. But he is a wonderful counselor to you. He'll give you wisdom. He is a mighty God. He wants to show up mighty in your life. He is the everlasting Father, the one who holds you for eternity. He's the Prince. He's the Prince of Peace that gives peace, the peace of God and the peace with God. So all, every single person within the sound of my voice, why don't you take a moment right now, would you, would you close your eyes with me? I wanna pray with you, I wanna pray for you, that we would be awoken to the light of the goodness of God, awoken to the character, the essence, the nature of God. Awoken to even how we can make a difference at this time. But I want to pray for you specifically if, if you've never let Jesus be the Prince of Peace in your life. Come on, close your eyes with me. We're going to say a simple prayer and that prayer will connect you to Him. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. He made you. He knows everything about you. He's not surprised by your mistakes. He's not surprised by your doubts. He's not surprised by your sin but He died for your past, your present, and your future. He, he died that He would have a relationship with you. And for me, everything about God wants you to come home to Him. Everything about God. He's been looking for you and waiting for you. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and I believe that prayer is going to connect you to Him right now. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Pray it out loud. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. Be my Father. Be my Prince of Peace. Change my life. For those of you that prayed that prayer right here, right now, I want to tell you I'm proud of you. I want to tell you that God's grace has been drawing you. He is having a party right now in heaven as, as you've been turning your heart, your life to Him. He is, 
He's rejoicing over that fact. And we want to help you along your next steps. We want to give you a simple book, a free book from a friend of mine called Samuel Duth called Following Jesus. See, the walk of faith is a walk. It literally takes step by step and it'll help you along those next steps. But I want to pray for everyone else within the sound of my voice, those watching right here online right now. I just want to pray that again, you won't, you won't, the curtain of, of, of darkness won't come over your faith, that you won't allow this to be a discouraging, disappointing time, that literally the light of heaven will shine and the character and essence and nature of God will shine upon you. You'll see clearer. You'll hear clearer. Your heart will be clearer. Man, He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you counsel. I want to pray specifically for you. Father, I pray for every man, every woman every family represented right now, every child that would even watch, every young person that would watch right now. Holy Spirit, by your power and by your grace, visit each home, visit each life. Let the purposes of God be unveiled in their life. Let the nature and the goodness of God be unveiled in their life. I pray and believe you for an awakening in every home and every life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. God bless you. We're praying for you. We love you. Can't wait to see you so soon. Thanks for joining Church Alive. Hey guys, thank you for joining us online. Remember, God is in control. So choose faith over fear today and every day. For any and all updates about Church Alive, you can stay tuned on our website and on all of our social media platforms. God bless you guys. See you real soon.